Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume. I'm the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot, and I'm joined today by Joel Saint, pastor of Independence Reform Bible Church. Joel, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. All right, Joel, today we're going to be talking about some happenings here in Lancaster County and also in a more broader sense in America as it relates to politics and Christianity. I want to start out by reading Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 16 and 17. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. All right, so Joel, what we're going to do today is look at specifically two clips from an event that happened I guess about 10 days ago or so in Lancaster County, Reawaken America Tour came to Mannheim. And this was a two-day event, about 18, 19 hours of speakers and events and singing. And I believe there were baptisms. So a lot of content. Baptisms. Yeah, and unfortunately, I was not able to find the exact footage of, of what was presented before these baptisms. I would have liked to have been able to engage that. And, and there's much more I'd like to sift through as far as the footage. But we do have a couple of clips we want to show and, and engage with them and talk about what's going on here, what's being presented. So briefly, I want to ask you a question to start off here, Joel. But briefly, the way, the way this event was presented and the way so much of, I guess, how we could say political rallies are being presented at, in, in a certain movement, if you will, is that this is the, the movement of God versus the movement of the enemy. In fact, the, the promotional literature for the Reawaken Tour has the Great Reawakening and then a picture of the Holy Bible versus the Great Reset, and then there's a picture of what looks like a book that says COVID-19, the Great Reset. So it's, it's putting these two uh, movements, if you will, up against each other, and the the voices behind this, this Reawaken America and other events like it are leaning very heavily into the fact that, hey, this is a Christian movement. God is with us. We stand on the Holy Bible. And so I want us to, to, to look at that. And so my first question for you, Joel, is because some people might say, all right, here, you go, here you guys go again. You're going to be critiquing um, the, these people who are fighting against the left, Right. And they're claiming the name of Christ. They're claiming the Bible. And, and why, why critique them? Why, why not just you know, look the other way or, or not address this? You know, should, shouldn't, should we just accept everything that bears the name of God that, that claims to be Christian? Uh, is it uncharitable for us to, to measure up these claims with Scripture, with what the Bible says? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we should just overlook these things in these challenging times. And what do you say to that, Joel? Start us off with... What do you say to people who say, why, why, why pick fights, quote-unquote, within, within your own camp, so to speak? If someone claims to be Christian and they quote the Bible and they say they're against the left, should we, should we examine it further? Yeah, I'd, I'd love it if uh, they really were against the left, but what's the left? Uh, the left, first of all, is a movement ultimately against God and against his Christ. Uh, Isaiah tells us that his of his uh, kingdom there will be no, of the increase of his kingdom there will be no end. So what does that kingdom look like, and what does it look like when we uh, subscribe or when we submit to that kingdom? Uh, you mentioned the word uncharitable. What's, what's uncharitable? Uh, let's talk about uncharitable for a second. Um, every single New Testament writer, every one, 
everyone dealt with false teachers. Mm-hmm. We, we, this is the first thing we've got to start paying attention to. What does a false teacher look like? In other words, if the false teacher is against some of the things I'm against, does that make, make him a true teacher? Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to ask that right out of the chute. Uh, if the guy uh, is, is, let's say there's a teacher up there and he's saying that uh, Joe Biden is a fraudster and, he's not, and he was uh, elected uh, uh, under fraudulent circumstances, let's say. Well, that means that he's a Christian, right? Well, um, no, not, not really. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Um, Paul said this to the uh, to the Corinthians. He said this. I'm going to read it. He says, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you received a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel, now we're now we're getting more a little more specific here. A different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Paul is talking about here about the possibility of preaching another Jesus. If that's the case then we had better figure out anyone who comes preaching Jesus, we got to figure out if this is another Jesus and how are we going to do that? Well, we already have 60, we, we, we have the scriptures here. We have the Old and the New Testaments. We have Jesus very clearly defined. I do get concerned when someone says, well, Jesus is on my side because I say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm up here, I'm speaking, I'm preaching, and I'm invoking Jesus and I'm invoking the Bible. A lot of that's going on with this. A whole lot of that. Well, if you're invoking the Bible, uh, we're okay, good. But what are we, is the Bible, here's a question. Is the Bible informing us or are we kind of informing the Bible? Are we, are we co-opting the Bible and using it, and, and using Christianity as, I hate to say it, a political prop? Well, here's my concern. I'm really concerned about this. Does the Bible tell us how we're supposed to respond in the civil sphere? Or are we kind of telling the Bible? Mm-hmm. And we're kind of telling the Bible because we have a, somebody has a prophecy that Trump is coming back to be president. Right, and we'll look at that in a minute here. Yeah, yeah that, that's the kind of thing that really concerns me here. And I have heard some, some folks uh, talk about these kinds of things, and they have various prophecies and so forth. Um, I've tried to nail them down. I have family members, uh, extended family members, who have really spent time telling me, hey, you got to listen to this prophet or that prophet. And I've actually tuned into, uh, tuned into them at times. And it's never nailed down enough so that I can tell if they're a false prophet or not. So if you can have another Jesus, Chris, then you can have a false prophet. Mm-hmm. I want to know, how do you then identify a false prophet? If, the only, if your only criteria is, well, if they say they're a true prophet, mm-hmm. <laughs> their own testimony, then we have to just go a little bit further along here. And so if we're hearing prophecies about, uh, about the future and about the rise of the, the Great Awakening or whatever, you know, we sing that hymn, who is on the Lord's side, right? Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, right? So it, 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 when, we, when I get up and speak as a pastor... I have to either, I'm going to either clarify or obscure what the scripture already says. One of two things is going to happen every time. There's not going to be any kind of neutrality at all. When, when I'm finished speaking, either the scripture is going to be more clear or more cloudy. Mm-hmm. One or the other. I fear, and, and, and I, I mean, we'll look at these clips, and I've seen some of the clips already, Chris. But if we are not, if, if we're using the Bible and we're not making it more clear, then we're making it more cloudy. And then 
bad things are going to happen. And bad things are already happening. If we're clouding up the Bible. Hold it up for a prop, but don't really preach. Teach what it says. Things are getting worse, not better. Highly concerning. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's kind of the whole point of this episode. So again, we're going to look at a clip here in just a minute from the Re Reawaken America event that occurred in Mannheim on October 21st and 22nd uh, here in Lancaster County. Now, the, the event really, Joel, though, is a microcosm of, of the, the MAGA movement, for lack of a better term. And, and I was struck by this as well. Uh, I think it was a, a Mastriano event I was at. And, and the, the presentation being that this is the Christian response. And yet what was lacking was any biblical doctrine. And I think that's a point I want to make later as far as discernment as what is, what is Christian, what is biblical with some of these things. So th this is, and, and the problem, there's multiple problems, but one of the problems is the people see this, th this movement, and then they think that this is what the Bible teaches about the civil sphere, about life in general. And, you know, that's leading to people having a, a further distorted view of true Christianity. And again, I, you know, I hate to rain on, on people's parades, but you kind of mentioned this. You know, should we expect God to bless a movement which essentially uses his word as a political prop? And again, that, that's my concern. You know, I certainly don't want Bill Gates or, or the other liberals succeeding in their evil agendas. Yeah, did, did you see what uh, Gavin Newsom did? Um, in, in his uh, pr promoting of abortion and, and paying for billboards in other states, he quotes, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. I did well, th there's a prop. Right, exactly. Very clearly. And I think we're trying to point out that maybe it's being used in an area that people aren't aware of. So I don't, I don't want Newsom and Gates and their agenda to succeed, of course, but I believe that we're actually con contributing to our own judgment by refusing to actually repent turn to Christ and follow his word. And I think we want to today draw some distinctions between what we're seeing at events such as Reawaken America and what we see in the pages of Scripture with, with the men of God who were calling the people to turn to God. And we're going to see, I think, quite a stark contrast here. So let's start out with this clip, Joel. We're going to watch, this is about three minutes of Julie Green speaking at Reawaken America. Now, she has spoken before prayed and spoken uh, at official Doug Mastriano events. She was welcomed mm -hmm. as a representative of God uh, to his campaign. Uh, so obviously we could look at hours and hours of footage, but for the sake of time, I want to play this three-minute clip and then uh, talk about it. And if we have time, we have a clip from one other gentleman. But let's start with this one and uh, engage with this. Seconds. Where is the hope? And so one day we're in the hot tub, and my wife's like, you, you got to listen to this, to this Julie Green character. And I'm going... I don't know, I don't know. And then we listen to it again and again and again and now pretty soon I start listening and I, and I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the ministry of Julie Green. She's now on the scene. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet. Hey, Green. Julie Green of Julie Green Ministry! In the state and I've been sitting there praying about this country, and you guys know, I'll give you guys a prophetic word that God has given to me that has not been given out yet, um, and I actually pre-recorded it for Monday, so you can get the whole entire thing on my Rumble channel on that day, but as soon as I heard this word, the Lord is like, you're going to give part of this out during the Reawaken America tour, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that, and so it is called the rise of my United States, because you know what? It is not the time of the one world government. 
right? It is not that time. And you can say, Julie, how do you know that? Because God said so. And I only say what God need, uh, needs me to say, and I, that's all I'm going to say. But this is a prophetic word I want to give a little bit out to you, and then I'm going to go over a little bit more of what he's given to me. So this is what he started saying. Uh, this was from October 18th. Now listen, this is only a couple paragraphs I'm going to give you out of this really good word. It said, watch those who attempted to steal my nation. Who tried to bring a great divide. Who tried everything to tear it apart little by little. To satisfy your appetite. To take this nation back and to give the power back to my chosen people in this hour. Listen to this. That rightfully belongs to them. You can't stop my son who is the rightful president, and his name is Donald Trump. He is on. Now, I probably just lost a lot of people with that one. He is the rightful president of the United States, whether they like it or not. He is anointed and appointed by Almighty God, and that's why they can't stop him. So he says, you can't stop my son, the rightful president. He is on his way back. And how he takes his position back on center stage, you will never see that coming. Because you won't see me coming, and I am with him. God said he can take this country back in unconventional ways. He doesn't need an election to do it. So do not wait for 2024 for our rights to come back. Don't wait for 2024 for our president to come back. God is saying, I can do it in unconventional ways. I can do it in my time, and it's not the timing of man. That's the reason why when we see this take place and how God does this, and Julie, how's it going to work? I don't know. He didn't tell me, hey, Julie, this is what I'm going to do so I can tell the enemies. So then, because the enemies listen. All right, Joel. Well, a lot we could talk about there. Uh, that's just three minutes, three and a half minutes of... I don't know how long that quote-unquote prophecy was. I listened to the whole thing, but where, where do we start with something like this, Joel? I mean, there's a lot I could say. Why don't you, what are your initial thoughts to that clip from Julie Green? Sure. I mean, it starts It's a prophecy, right? So, so, oh, yeah, a yeah. word from, she says, this is God speaking. Yeah, about my son, Donald Trump, right? right. God's son, Donald Trump there. So, uh, so I want to talk about this, this idea of a prophecy. We, that's what's exciting, right? She's up there, she's talking, right? And we must believe her, right? Because she is uttering a prophecy. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to talk about prophecy here. Um, I, I will admit that there were times when I tripped over a little bit why the scriptures say, well, for example, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and, he was, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. Okay, What's with that third day thing? I, I, I will admit that I kind of struggled with that over a lot of years. Like, why, why do we keep on saying the third day? One day I sort of figured it out, and I'm ashamed that it took me this long. I'll tell you when I figured it out, Chris. I figured it out when I was watching the, a video of a man who was with the uh, David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, what, 20 years ago, whenever that was, maybe even longer than that, right? And this man believed that David Koresh is going to, uh, was going to rise from the dead. However, 
he believes he's still going to rise from the dead. And he can believe that, right? David Koresh never said how long it would take him to rise from the dead. So you can believe that indefinitely. So Christ, and the, and the scriptures telling it, the third day, according to the scriptures. The third day. That puts a timeline on it. Now we, Jeremiah did the same thing. It's going to be 70 years. You're coming back in 70 years. Interestingly, Jeremiah was also up against false prophets. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he was up against false prophets and said, no, 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 forget about Jeremiah. We don't have to repent of our sin. He, he, he's, he, he's just a Bible-thumping, blithering idiot. We don't have a sin problem. Yeah, we have idols all over the place, but don't worry about it. No, no problem. He was up against people, Jeremiah was, that said, no, everybody's, thus says the Lord. Mm -hmm. They're all coming back in two years. Mm -hmm. So how do you tell the difference? Well, I think one way at least to tell the difference is that, um, and Jeremiah actually came back and said, no, 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 in two years, you're going to have an awful lot of problems yourself. I think, as I recall the prophecy itself, um, he was either, he or his family was either going to be, the false prophet was going to be carried away mm -hmm. themselves within two years. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I, I want to talk about timing there for a second. I, if I, I, I got to tell you, Chris, I, I got to be honest with you. I would be extremely concerned if I was in hearing a, a prophecy like that, because she said Donald Trump is coming back. God doesn't need an election to do it, and He'll do it in His way. And I believe I heard her say in His time. Mm -hmm. So she gives herself an out there. Mm -hmm. So if, if Trump doesn't get reelected in 2024, well, that doesn't mean her prophecy's wrong. In fact, her prophecy can write as long as Trump is alive, but maybe then he has to be. Maybe, maybe he'll rise from the dead just like God's only begotten son. Right. Who knows? Right. I mean, I would, I would be so concerned if I heard someone talking like this. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh man, I, 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 I can't take this. I, I got to get out of here. And I'm really worried, maybe not get out of here. I'd be so concerned about pe the people listening right. and cheering on something like this. Right. You've heard something that got you all excited, but you really heard nothing. Mm -hmm. You didn't hear one specific single thing. Christ died for sins, rose again the, the third day, mm -hmm. according to Scripture. He, think of the specifics there, Chris. He's going to die. He's going to rise again. It's going to be three days. That's really specific. These, uh, these inspecific um, prophecies are deeply concerning. And we haven't even talked about this whole idea. Like, you know, my son, Donald Trump. Right. What is that about, Chris? It sounds reminiscent of, this is my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Right. It's certainly putting Trump... In, in a highly elevated position, which I want to talk about, we'll get to this, you know, what is, does the biblical, biblical doctrine, if you compare Trump to that, what do you come up with? So we want to get to that. Okay. And there's so much there in that three minutes. And I think what I want to do, I, I, want, to, I want to play the second clip just so we can get it out of the way here okay. and then and, and engage us. Before I do that, I want to read maybe just two of these quotes because I want, I want us to hear the difference between... Julie Green and this other gentleman, Bo Polney. Okay, there's a lot of clips we could have pulled. Uh, again, there was like 19 hours of footage. Uh, we're pulling these and we're interacting with these. So I want people to hear the difference between Julie Green and Bo Polney, who I'm going to play next. And we'll get to, we'll get to scripture, but just even within, our, our, within your lifetime, at least, um, some of these men who have spoken uh, about the state of America. And they wouldn't say that they're getting a, a word from God. 
right? I think these men understand their Bibles more than that to say that they're, they're, they're studying the Scripture and they're looking at the culture around them, and this is the conclusion they're coming to. And I want us to later tie this in because this is the conclusion that Jeremiah came to. This is the conclusion that Daniel came to, the conclusion that Nehemiah came to when they were experiencing difficult times, when God's judgment had fallen on, on them and their nation. They didn't go around rah-rah cheerleading saying, you know, peace, peace. They were mourning and broken for the sin because the people had turned their backs on God and his law. So I want to read these first before we play this other clip, some of these. So this is, um, this is Leonard Ravenhill in the 1970s time frame. Okay? Uh, America cannot fall because she has already fallen. This goes for Britain too. She cannot go into slavery because her people are fettered at the moment in the chains of self-gorged, self-chosen, moral anarchy. Here are millions diseased morally with no longing for healing. Here are men paying for shadows, the price of their immortal souls, men who not only reject the substance, but who openly sneer at and caricature it. He goes on, what hell-born mesmerism holds them? How does the spell bind? Who brainwashed them? Okay, now, Ravenhill, I'm going to read a couple other quotes here. And when, you, when we compare this with Scripture, the only way that I could see Julie Green or someone saying this is to always be pointing it to the liberals. And to, and to never be broken and mourning over the sins of Americans in general, including Republicans who say they're against the left. Why has this judgment come upon us? Why, why do we have a Biden presidency? Are we not to blame? Is it not our sin that has brought this? This is, this is how Ravenhill talked about it. Let's talk about David Wilkerson, who certainly would have some disagreements with probably theologically, but he, he would never talk like Julie Green was. This is what he says. He says, what God is more concerned about, this is in the 1990s, 1993, so about 30 years ago. I was just a wee lad at that point. So what God is more concerned about and what is bringing God's judgment on America is the growing number of homosexual defenders. They number in the millions. We have lost our influence. America is now the tail and not the head. What lies ahead for America? A withering of all things. God's wind is now blowing and he is doing what he said he would do, spoiling our treasures. So again, here's Wilkerson. And, and you and I both, we might get into this uh, potentially, you and I both are post-millennialists. We believe that there's a bright future for the true church of Christ. But that doesn't mean we can't look around and see that we're in a time of judgment. And Wilkerson here is not saying, hey, it's great, God's about to defeat all, all the leftist enemies. He's saying, you have allowed the sin of sodomy to prevail. And I, I, we might get more to this later, Joel, but le, how, when's the last time you heard a conservative leader mourning and broken over the fact that sodomy is celebrated in our nation. I mean, now we're not even talking about sodomy. Right? It's now transgenderism. So, Wilkerson here is the same as Ravenhill. Wilkerson, God's judgment has fallen, and it's on us because we have not followed your law. We have made peace with sin. Last one here, Francis Schaeffer uh, died in 1984. I don't know when he said this, but obviously couldn't have been after that. So again, we're going back 30, 40 years here. And Schaefer said this, The Christian influence upon the whole of culture has been lost. Do not take this lightly. It is a horrible thing for a man like myself to look back and see my country and my culture go down the drain in my lifetime. Okay, these are three men, and I could have given many more quotes, who are studying scripture and are looking at the culture and are mourning and broken over what's happening. And they're not blaming the liberals. Right? They're not blaming. They're saying, 
we, our culture has been lost because we have turned from God's law. So I, I want us to, after this clip and, and have you interact with that, I want us to also look at Scripture and see that Ravenhill and Wilkerson and Schaefer, they were following in the pattern of Jeremiah and Daniel and Nehemiah, and Julie Green and Bo Pulteney are following in, in the pattern of Hananiah, right, and these other false prophets. So anything you want to mention that before we play this clip here from Bo Pulteney? Yeah, uh, there is one thing I'd definitely like to uh, talk about. We can talk about it a little bit more. But um, Elijah, he opposed, let's say, the prophets of Baal. But he didn't oppose the prophets of Baal because the prophets of Baal were liberals. <laughs> he opposed the prophets of Baal because they were at heart worshiping another god. Now, let's ask, I, I need a, we need to ask this question. As a nation, what god are we actually worshiping? Who were, for example, who are we looking to to make sure that we're fed, um, that we have enough to live on? For example, well, the state will will take care of us here. And how about this? Another question: Who are we looking to to shall we say keep us happy? Um, who are we looking to to give us meaning in life? You, you know, more and more present with things like, well, you know, serve the state, you know, go a couple hours or, or a couple years, serve the state, you know, for this voluntary service or whatever. Even a punishment now, right, is, is community service. This, this, is, this is how you atone for your misdeeds. And this is a direct, uh, direct um, affront to God and his word who sent, think about it, Christ sent his son to die for the sins of his people. God, God the Father sent his son, yeah. Yeah, yeah excuse me. God the Father sent Christ right. to die for the sins of his people. So Christ dies for the sins of his people, right? How can we possibly, when we're talking about right and wrong, and that's what we're, we will talk about here when we hear from these folks, right and wrong, how can we talk about righting things that are wrong mm -hmm. without talking about directly about Christ and our responsibility to him? Mm-hmm. How about his word, our responsibility to his word? Uh, in this clip coming up, I've seen it already. Uh, there's nothing there that I recall. Maybe I'll be uh, convinced again about obeying Christ and his word. Nothing. Right. And to your point, the prophets again and again called people back to the scriptures, away from idolatry again and again. I can't help but think for Jeremiah to um, Speak to the children and, and the prophets. Mm -hmm. Say, you know what, guys, your problem. You know what your problem really is. You, you got you got to elect the right president, and, and that's that's going to fix us. While they go on in their apostasy and their idol worship and their child sacrifice. Right. No, no, no. That has nothing to do with anything. Let's just get the right king around here. Mm -hmm. I think we already said that though. I think they said that back uh, when they got Saul for a king, uh, way back in First Samuel eight. Mm -hmm. Let's get the right king, and that'll fix everything. Mm -hmm. actually it didn't fix anything right right and i want to read actually before we play this clip just a portion here from jeremiah 28 because we've been mentioning him and you mentioned the other day to me you know in jeremiah 7 where jeremiah goes to the temple right and you mentioned this to me uh on sunday where right there's judgment coming on the nation from from the babylonians right god is going to use this wicked pagan group right and i agree that the democrats are a wicked Pagan group. No question. So, so God's going to use this wicked group for judgment. And what does Jeremiah do? He doesn't go and start campaigning and talk about how bad the Babylonians are. 
and how, you know, they're so bad and we've got to avoid the Babylonians. He goes to, to the temple, to the people who are claiming the name of God, and he confronts them and says, it's your sin that has brought on this judgment. And that's where we're at in America. And that's what Julie Green and Bo Polney here will not say. Because that doesn't win you, you know, points. And it doesn't get you, you know, people to go to your Rumble channel and watch all your prophecies. Because that video, I know we're, we're going on here before playing the other one, but that video started, and we mentioned some, when, when it's Clay Clark who's hosted the whole thing here. He introduced Julie Green by saying, where's the hope? Right? Where's the hope? And that was so striking to me. Because that's what was going on in, so, in Jeremiah's day. The people saying, Jeremiah, you're not giving us hope. We want hope, right? So Jeremiah is saying, you need to repent. Your sin, your turning from the, from the law of God has brought this judgment on you. And, and turn, turn back to him. And they're saying, where's the hope, Jeremiah? And then there's a, a false prophet named Hananiah who comes along and says, Jeremiah doesn't know what he's talking about. God's going to save us from the, Demo- I mean, from the Babylonians, right? That's what, that's what Julie Green and these people are saying. God's going to save us from the Democrats. And you people over here who are saying we need to turn and repent of sin, you guys have no hope, and we have the message of hope. So, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah comes here, and um, Jeremiah says to, to Hananiah, let me start here in verse 12. Sometime after the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke bars from off the neck of Jeremiah the prophet, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So basically Jeremiah said, you guys are going into, into bondage. This yoke represents it. Hananiah said, no, God's going to deliver you from the Babylonians. And then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Go tell Hananiah, thus says the Lord, You have broken wooden bars, but you have made in their place bars of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put upon the neck of all these nations an iron yoke to serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, for I have given to him even the beast of the field. And here's the key. And Jeremiah the prophet said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and you have made this people trust in a lie. So the lie that Hananiah is saying, everything's fine, peace, peace, right? Jeremiah multiple times says, woe to those who say peace, peace, when there is no peace. So Jeremiah is preaching, you know, in, you know we should say Ravenhill and Wilkerson and Schaefer were preaching in the spirit of Jeremiah, saying judgment has come, turn, and you have Hananiah and Julie Green saying, no, 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 no. You guys, here's the hope. God has promised that he's going to bless us with no talk of our, our fault, our sin, our guilt, and that the Democrats are the judgment upon our nation for our sin. And I just, I wanted to bring that up and I'm sure we'll talk about it more. So let's play this clip now from Bo Polney. And again, as you watch this one, again, contrast from Ravenhill, Wilkerson, Schaefer, but more importantly, Jeremiah. We'll also look at Daniel, Nehemiah, and just see the difference here. Uh, You know, the stark contrast between the two. So let's play this. This is, again, this is Bo Polney. I think that's how you say his name, speaking at Reawaken America. My wife and I are giving out five ounce silver coins worth about $200 today. These coins are going to explode in value. Silver is God's money. What's about to happen is historic. This year we're going to see silver easily shoot to $60, then go to $140, then go to $600. We're going to see historic price moves for precious metals into next year because why? We are heading into the third seal. We're about to witness the third seal of Revelation, the financial rebalancing. The angel of death is coming to visit these people. These people are going down. These people who control the world think that they are pharaohs. The present day pharaohs, soon you shall never see again. This is... 
coming with the greatest wealth transfer in human history. Gold and silver are going to explode in value, giving wealth to the church, to you, so then you can prosper all those around you because everything when God's kingdom comes in abundance and overflow. All debts, who has credit cards, mortgages, student loans, they will be canceled. Zechariah 1 talks about Thanksgiving. We are days away from Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving? Galatians 6 talks about it. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, thus shall he reap. Those who have planted evil seeds, they are about to get evil upon their own heads. Those who have planted good seeds are about to be blessed beyond measure. We are here. Dark We're going to go dark. And when the lights come on, worldwide celebrations are coming. We are going to see the return this year. 45 comes back. Not by his will, but by God's will. God's will shall be done. God gets all the glory. God bless you. We are a covenant nation under God. We return to the covenant we had with God under under the covenant that was said when, of the, with the founding fathers. This will be a year the world will never forget. God bless you. God bless your family. Thank you all for being here. God bless you, Clay. Thank you. One more time. One, two, for Bob Holby. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our next uh, our next presenter. All right. Well, that was Bo Polney, and again, the announce it's kind of makes me think it's like a WWF tournament here with these with these announcers or home run derby or something. Um, well, a lot there, Joel, and he actually seemed to get a little more specific with uh, his prophecy, so to speak, on on Trump coming I, back. Actually, yes, um, this is a little more specific, and I, I wrote down what he what he said. The quote: "We are going to see this year." And you and I are here at the beginning of November 2022. We're going to see this year, the, this year, 45 comes back. And on the screen it said, Inauguration 2022. Yeah. So, so that is pretty specific. Right. Um, if, uh, but, but we still have an out here. I mean, I hate to say it, but 45, I wasn't really talking about Donald. I mean, you might have an out here. Wasn't really talking about Donald Trump. I was talking about the spirit of Donald. There's okay. all kinds of stuff you could probably do with that. No, no, no. No, he didn't come back, but the spirit of Donald Trump back. We saw a revival. Mm -hmm. We saw the Republicans take over Congress, whatever. Mm -hmm. We saw the spirit of Donald Trump. So you still have an out. But anyway, the statement is that 45, I think that means uh, President Trump, I think that's what he's saying, yeah. is coming back I think the big picture this of Trump, year. Yeah, also. Yeah. There's a hint at that. Yeah, so. So, so Trump coming back, again, that's, that's their prophecy. But also, this was interesting, as you watch that clip, that, I mean, who's not going to like, hey, you're going to have, you're going to be wealthy, all oh, your debts word. are going to be forgiven. Yeah. I, mean, this is, I mean, this is basically taking us over into the, the prosperity gospel at this point. I mean, he, he couches it and... Uh, did, did he borrow Joe Biden's speech about canceling uh, college debt? When I saw that, I was like, what is, is that, that was, that struck me, and you have people cheering, of course, and... So your mortgages are canceled, your debt's canceled. Well, that's not biblical business practices. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, that is, again, though, exactly what we see in Scripture. I mean, and, and I mentioned this to you before, that 
I mean, this is basically taking the pages right out of Scripture and saying, if we had to do a modern-day parable of Jeremiah and Hananiah, this is it. Julie Green and Bo Polney saying, you guys are about to be blessed. There's about to be great wealth and prosperity. They're going down, right? You mentioned that. It's always about them, the liberals. The liberals are going down. You don't need to repent. You don't need to worry about God's judgment coming on our nation because of our complacency. It's all their fault, and God's going to, to judge them. I wanted to look at, there's so much to look at in Scripture here. Briefly, Second uh, Chronicles 18, this is another case where, and, and I mean, this is just, it's, it's comical, and, and there's parts of the Scripture that you read them. It's just, it, it's funny because we see the same thing today. You have, you have Jehoshaphat, uh, you know, joins with Ahab, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, let's, let's, let's go fight uh, against, I think it's Ramoth, Gilead. Should we go fight yes. this battle? And... Uh, Jehoshaphat's like, well, we should probably, you know, ask a man of God what he thinks about this. And Ahab's like, yeah, all right, I got, or one of them says, yeah, I have all these, these, I have hundreds of prophets, like, let's go talk to these guys. And I think Jehoshaphat's like, well, isn't there anybody that actually knows the Lord here that we can talk to? And Ahab says, well, yeah, there's this, there's this one guy, uh, there is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Imla. But this is what he says next, but I hate him. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil, right? And, and you can imagine if, if you or I were there, and we wouldn't be claiming to be prophesying. And, and that's another thing, that Julie Green claiming that these, these are the words of God that she's saying. I mean, the judgment that is going to fall on her for those claims that are so unfounded. Now, of course, we wouldn't make that claim. We'd look at Scripture and say, this is what God has said. And people that are used to hearing Green and Polney will say, Man, you don't prophesy any good concerning us. You, you guys are Debbie Downers. You're pointing out the negatives. But that's, of course, how Ahab viewed Micaiah. And so he calls Micaiah in, and um, he's like, okay, speak, speak, speak the truth to me. And, and Micaiah's like, all right, yeah, you're going to be blessed. And Ahab's like, I know you're not telling the truth. Just tell me the truth, whatever you tell me. And Micaiah's like, fine, God's judgment's upon you. And he's like, I see, I hate every, you always, this is why I hate you. You always say things that, that are against me. And then you have this other false prophet or false teacher or, or someone, Zedekiah, who ends up striking Micaiah. It's the same thing. And that's what we have here, these, these people who, who want to tell people what they want to hear, tickling the itching ears and saying, this is what you want to hear. So that struck me, Joel. I mean, anything else that you want to mention on that, specifically with, with, with Bo Polney's talk or just the parallels here with Scripture? Well, well here's where I'm going to agree with some of these folks. The United States of America is in trouble. Now, let's ask ourselves how that happened. How did we get in such trouble? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it because we didn't elect enough conservatives over the years? Is, is, is that why? Or is it something else? Or maybe back in 1963, as a result of the crumbling of the foundations prior, we decided that we can gen- uh, educate the next generation uh, w- without God. Now, think about this for a second. Colossians tells us in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All. How do you possibly think you're going to teach much of anything and leave Christ out of it? And in fact, just not leave out of it. See, that's what we say. Well, we don't have to talk about Christ. No, no. After a while, you have to actually, you you have to uh, actively, shall I say, reject Christ. And so that's what we've done for all these years. And so... I don't know, maybe that has to do with something of why we're in, in the, the trouble we're in. Mm-hmm. You mentioned homo sex before. Uh, I find it amazing. Right now, we're all concerned about the planet, you know, sustainability, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anthropomorphic global warming and all this kind of stuff. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, not going out on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure if you're a nation that's obsessed with uh, transgenderism, homosex, abortion, you don't have a future. Mm -hmm. you, you, you're not going to generate children. And the children you have, you're going to kill them. You don't have a future, but here we are talking, we should be talking about that when it talks about the future of the planet. God said, be, be fruitful and multiply mm -hmm. and fill the earth with people, have dominion over it. And he gave us a definition of what dominion is because he put our, Adam in the garden to tend and keep it. Mm -hmm. So we need people to tend and keep the earth that God has given to us. But what are we doing? The exact opposite thing. And then we're calling on God to bless us. I want to hear... From Reawaken, Reawaken America, I want to hear from them how we got here mm -hmm. to begin with mm -hmm. and what we have to do to get out of it. What I'm hearing is, in order to get out of the mess we're in, and this is tragic, I'm heartbroken about this, Chris. What I'm hearing is, all we got to do is re-elect Donald Trump. You need a red wave. Yes, the red wave is going to save us. Right. The red wave is already accepted. Uh, Homosex marriage. Mm -hmm that is playing footsie-wootsie now with transgenderism, mm -hmm. completely offensive to God. God created them man and woman. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we can do better. Mm -hmm. Joel, I think, uh, I think we both know the answer to this. Why is it that a Republican candidate, especially right now, what do we have, seven, six days before the election, why wouldn't a Republican candidate come out and stand and say, Christ is king, his word is supreme, Sodomy is a vile, wicked sin that, that destroys people, nations, and people, family, and nations. And God's judgment will not be removed from us if we don't, as a people, turn from this. You know, why wouldn't a conservative candidate say that right before the election? Yeah, I think I know why. Because there's hardly any pastors that would even say the same thing. I mean, right, that's terrible. Right now... Um, that's not the only reason, but but right now, I mean, if you ask today's pastor to mainline church, does God actively judge nations for their sin? Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of response you would get, Chris. Like mm -hmm. deer in the headlight looks, you know, like mm -hmm. cow stares at a new gate. Mm -hmm. uh, no, this is the New Testament. God doesn't judge anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's, he's now become the Santa Claus God, where he just like you know clucks his tongue. Oh, those people down there, you know, I, I want them to do the right thing, but they're not. Oh, well, uh, this is the New Testament now. I don't, I don't judge anymore. Mm -hmm. I would argue this is one of the reasons why we've given up in the Old Testament, Chris. The, the Old Testament uh, talks about God's judgment an awful lot. Mm -hmm. But so does the New Testament. Right. Uh, and, and, the New Te and every, kind, every time Jesus Christ, we have this idea that Christ set aside the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But... He, multiple occasions, it's easy to look up. He says, it is written. Mm -hmm. Every time he says, it is written. Every single time. He supports, reiterates, restates, emphasizes what the Old Testament already said. Right. He said, you know, we like to say that he said it was written. You know, back then, God judged. No, 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 he, he didn't say that. He said it is written. Right. Yeah. And you, met, you brought up a couple points there. The idea here is that judgment, right? You talked about, well, God talks, you know, God brings judgment in the old and the new. And I think some people might hear us and say, man, you guys are just, why are you so negative talking about judgment? But, 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 but even the speaker there said, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Right. But, I, but my point, you know, Jeremiah, I just, I would challenge people. If, if that's their response to what we're saying here, 
Go read Jeremiah. Go read the accounts of Micaiah, the true prophet. Like this is what they were saying. They were saying God has God's judgment has come because we have turned away. And I want to get to some of those Nehemiah, Daniel, and Josiah. But well, let me ask you, Craig, not to throw you off here, but do we believe that? I mean, we we have we sing God bless America, right? Right? Do we believe that God has blessed America? I, anyone with with two eyes will agree God has tremendously blessed this country, this nation. Mm-hmm. We have been the beneficiary of, of his blessings mm-hmm. like very few, if any, countries in history have benefited from his, his blessing. Mm-hmm. But now he's only a blessing God. Right. He doesn't judge. Right. Well, if, if he blesses, I think we can expect him to judge when we take his blessings and tell him we were better off without him. Right. Well, now that you bring it up, I, I want to go here. I want to go to this because you, you I'm brought throwing up, you off. No, I'm no, sorry. it's all right. You brought up this point that America has been blessed, and, and I agree. We've been blessed tremendously, and, and the reason you go back to we had these these foundations initially, and we started to, to erode them very early on with the Enlightenment thinking and all that. But God has blessed us, and uh, I mean Nehemiah and, and Daniel are, are very very similar uh, in in their their prayer of confession here. And I just want to read some from from Nehemiah, where he says. You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. Right? You, you've done these things. You've brought us. You brought us through. You, you rescued us from slavery. You gave them bread from heaven. So he's saying God has blessed us as a people. Nehemiah is saying he's acknowledging we've been blessed. But then he says this, verse sixteen of chapter nine. But they and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey. And were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. I mean, that is the indictment on America. God has blessed us. We have not obeyed his commandments. We have neglected the word of God, not just in the civil realm. I mean, that's what we talk a lot about here in the political aspect, but in every area of life, including the civil realm. And God has brought judgment. He's brought judgment. He says, uh, it talks about all these blessings, but you, you gave them the land. Then, nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their back and killed your prophets. You had warned them in order to turn them back to you, and they have committed great blasphemy. So, again, the warnings of Jeremiah and Micaiah are for good. They're out of love to turn people from their sins. So, this is, this is Nehemiah saying, you know, we, we have turned, right? We have broken your law. We are we are the slaves, you know. We we have sinned, and that's not what we're hearing from these people. No, there's a reason why we're here. Can right. we address that reason? Right, right. Why are we here? So, okay, um, let's talk a little bit more about this. The idea of Republicans or any candidate, but specifically, and and we're we're talking here about this reawaken America tour is. Co-opting biblical language and applying it to the conservative Republican MAGA movement, mm-hmm. but why won't these candidates speak out? And the and and the main reason I, I think is simply because people won't vote for them. Then, because the because if you if you take the conservative movement, if we're talking politically here, and again I think this is one of the big problems we have. We're more concerned about a po- political posturing than we are about the wrath of God. So if we were more concerned about the wrath of God, we would not care 
what people think about us if we say the sin of sodomy is destroying our nation, right? We wouldn't care about that. But what people are going to say is, oh, well, now, Chris, you, you got you got to you got to be wise and discerning and not speak out the truth because you got to try to win the election. So they're not going to speak out about that because that would alienate some of their voter base. So we have traded the fear of God and we traded, you know, the, the, the mindset of Wilkerson here was based on scripture saying, at least in that point, that we need to be most concerned about God's judgment. And we're not. We're more concerned about how can we maneuver things to beat the Democrats. And we don't realize we're digging our own grave because God's judgment He's going to bring his judgment on us for failing to honor him. So the Republican candidates, these MAGA candidates, who won't call out the sin of sodomy. And even abortion, Joel, I mean, this is just, this is just sickening. Even abortion. What, what is, what Republican voters, where is abortion on their list of priorities? It's way at the bottom. I was just listening to actually Kevin Swanson talk about this. And, and the, so the Republican candidates, they're... Their talking points that they're getting from their campaign and their leadership is don't talk about abortion unless you're just pointing out how radical the left is. Don't talk about how any abort, all abortion is murder and both the mothers and the abortionists and the fathers, anybody who procures an abortion, anyone who you know, engages in murder should be prosecuted for murder. Don't talk about any of that. Uh, and so we're inviting this, this judgment of God on us. And what do Republican voters care more about? Money, the economy, inflation. And uh, the message that Swanson had for them was what, uh, what the apostle said to Simon, I believe, is may your money perish with you. You care more about money than you do about the shedding of innocent blood. And again, people are say, well, no, the, the conservative movement is pro-life and we're going to try to incrementally change this. Well, you are rejecting God. You're not speaking his word before kings out of political posturing. And that, that should frighten us. Yeah, it's exactly opposite. We approach the candidates like this. Um, let's look at electability. Does he sound similar? To this? We're concerned. We are really, really concerned about elect electability. The judgment of God, eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. How about if we just do it the opposite? The judgment of God, judgment of God, yeah, really concerned about that. Mm -hmm. Electability, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> That's where we should be. I know once some, someone who was electable. That was Absalom when he tried to uh, yank the kingdom from David. Really an electable guy. I mean, he was able to run a great campaign. Everybody was for him. Problem was, he was a terrible king. Now, he, he, he listened to uh, flattering um, uh, advice. He actually never got to be king, but it's clear that he didn't have the ability to be king. Now, we need to think about that for just a second. Kind of going off of a rabbit trail, but I don't think too far. Electability? What about the ability to actually serve in the in the position, our idea is if a person is electable, then they'll obviously make a good a good president or a good governor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wait a second, you can have a person who's really electable, they're a great campaigner, who will be a complete disaster in office. I think we've seen that again and again. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're going to get if we don't use the word of God mm -hmm. for our for our standard, and if we really don't understand. What one just bring up Habakkuk here. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, Jeremiah is a pretty long book. You need to read it. Um, if you get a chance, read also Habakkuk because Habakkuk complains the problem about what we're complaining about. And um, this is what Habakkuk has to say. He's he, he's saying to this. He says, "Oh Lord, how?" And he calls the the burden which he saw. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. 
he's already going to the source here. He's going right to God. He's like, oh, you know what? If we can just get, I don't know, uh, Hezekiah back in office or something like that. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Now listen to this. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. Oh my word. Mm -hmm. Habakkuk is like living today. The law is powerless. We saw the summer of love, 2020. People burning, murdering, burning down buildings. They were out the next day, for mm-hmm. Pete's sake. I don't, even, I, I don't even know if any of them really got any, any sentence very much at all. And even the sentence, sentences are, are, are pathetic. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Mm-hmm. And the Lord re- replies, Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. I will, work, I, I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and ha- hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. And he goes on to describe the Chaldeans. And Habakkuk realizes something. He's shocked that God is going to use the Chaldeans. But he realizes, Chris, the problem is not the Chaldeans. The problem is the violence, the wickedness that comes with our turning away from God and his law. And, and we would rather have, we would rather, we'd rather have violence, plunder, and death rather than God's law. Mm-hmm. And God is saying to Habakkuk, you know what? These people have chosen. Think about what he said. Habakkuk's complaint is plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. The law is powerless. Justice never goes forth. And really, what God's saying is, I'm going to give you the Chaldeans, and, and, and there's going to be no law. You, 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 you got violence and plundering now. You're really going to get it. You've already chosen the judgment that I am going to give you. Is this not us, Chris, today with abortion? Mm-hmm. Well, then we got violence in 2020, and, and every statistic I'm seeing, crime is just up, 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 way up. Have we not already chosen this? Is this not our problem? We've turned our back on God and his law. We have accepted violence, wickedness, perversion, and we're getting it. Mm -hmm. That's the heart of the matter, Joel. And that's what I know for you and me as well, why we're so heartbroken over this. Because we have the solution before us. Turn, go back to God's word, right? And that's not the message of reawaken America, and there's, I mean, I think thousands of people there cheering and screaming for the false prophet Hananiah. Right? It's going to go well with you. Your your bank account's about about to be blessed. You're you're about to experience abundance. And those people over there, they're going down. And again, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, that this point that that is not what you see in Scripture when a people are broken over their sin and they are turning. To be blessed. Briefly again, Josiah, right? The great reforms of Josiah. What does he what does he say when he when he finds the book of the law? Mm. He he says, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of God that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. That's not what we're hearing from Reawaken America. That's not what we're hearing from any of these MAGA people. We're not hearing this is happening to us because we and our fathers in the conservative movement turn from God's law. 
right? They're not saying that. And so because they're not saying that, their movement can offer nothing. All it can offer is more of the same, more of God's judgment. And, and we see it very clearly in, in things like this. I mean, just, I mean, it's just broadcast in clear day that, hey, everything's going great. There, the problem's over there, and we are just gonna, we're going to take over, and we're going we're gonna to solve all these problems. And it's sad because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So um, you mentioned the standard of God's, God's word. You know, and I forget how you worded it, but okay, you got you got to look at how we how do we judge things? Should we not go back to the Word of God to see how we got into this mess? What's right and wrong? And and it struck me right with with this, especially Julie Green's talk and even Bo Polney's that the assumption there is that Donald Trump governs according to God's Word, right? Like if if you're going to present this person as God's son, I mean, in, in essentially messianic language. Wouldn't you, th- I mean, you look at scripturally, okay, this, if you're going to use that language, this person is going to rule in the fear of God and follow God's law word. That's not the case with Trump. I mean, we, time would fail us, but Trump did not govern according to God's word. I mean, quantitative easing, manipulate the economy, whatever it takes for his political purposes, right? No problem with sodomy. I mean, I remember very clearly Donald Trump holding a sign, a banner, LGBTQ f- for Trump. Like, with a smile on his face. Right? So, again, you can make the arguments all day you want about, well, Donald Trump did this and it was a little better for our economy and this, but, okay, what about God's wrath? Because all, none of those things matter if we, are, if we are inviting God's wrath for celebrating sin. So, I, that, it's just, it's sad. You know, one of the, um, I was reading Jeremiah recently, and this is how serious this is. One of his, and I, I can look it up again, but one of the things he says to the people he's speaking to, and this is so much different from, from what we're hearing. He says, we, he, he says, well, he said, Jeremiah says this, well, as a woman who lost her only son. Now, <laughs> that's so much radically different from, you know what, if we can just get this person off of this guy and get, you know, and, and, and just, and just rush towards the cliff, perhaps a little bit slower. Right. All what, to, all to thunderous, thunderous applause. Yes. Yeah. You guys would be blessed. And then Jeremiah over here, wail, yeah. mourn, and lament. Yeah, that, start there. So again, uh, Daniel, I just wanted to mention these because I want to give people a scripture so they can go to. Dan- Daniel 9, the same thing. He says, Daniel 9, what, what does Daniel say uh, to, to the Lord? Daniel is there in a in difficult situation, right? I mean, Daniel has been taken uh, into captivity, right? The, the nation has fallen, and America has fallen today. So, yeah, we're in difficult times. We agree to that. And what's, what's Daniel's response there? That, uh, you know, oh, God, you know, you have promised you're going you're gonna to defeat these people because it's all their fault. No, what does Daniel say? To us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers. And I just want to stop there because they often point back to the previous generations. But then mm-hmm. they don't stop there. And he says, to our fathers, uh, because we have sinned against you. We have sinned against you. This is why this is happening. To you, Lord, our God, belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. But here it is again, by walking in his laws. I mean, every case is the exact same thing. When you're truly broken over your sin, when you truly turn to God, and that's what this movement is claiming. They're claiming we're turning to God, we've, or we've already turned to God, and this is God's movement, and Donald Trump is God's son, and God is with us, and we're going to defeat the liberals. That's, that's not... When you see tr- people who have truly turned to God, they're broken like Daniel. 
They're broken like Nehemiah. They're broken like Josiah, right? They realize we have sinned, we've brought this on, and our only hope then is to turn back to God's law. You want to talk about incrementalism, uh, let's talk about Josiah. I mean, he said, here's the law word of God, let's follow it, right? So, this is just, if you, I know I've said it multiple times, but if you get nothing else from this episode, at least from me, it's that what we're hearing from Julie Green and Bo Polney is so opposite to the godly men in Scripture, and it fits exactly with the false prophets. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't be, don't be negative. God's going God's to take care of those enemies. Yeah. You don't worry about anything. We should be rejecting those false prophets out, out of hand anyway because of what the, the Word of God has already given to us. Right. Okay, so now I'm going to be... Okay, I, I just quoted from Habakkuk, right? So um, Habakkuk, Shmabakkuk, right? I mean, that's the Old Testament. You know, who even knows who Habakkuk was? Who cares? So now I'm going to quote from a safer Old Testament passage. The Psalms, okay. yeah, because we even hand out, uh, you know, New Testament yeah, Psalms, Psalms and Proverbs, Proverbs right. right? So that's, that's, that's pretty safe. Can't argue with that, right? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Sounds like a pretty good description of our government schools today. Mm-hmm. Counsel the ungodly? Check. Sits, uh, stands in the way of sinners? Absolutely. Sits in the seat of the scornful? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the scriptures are scorned. Mm-hmm. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Rivers of water, is that not what we're looking for here? Mm-hmm. Stability and a future. Bringing forth its fruit in its season. Production again. Right. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. God is going to drive away the ungodly, not the people, not the people who aren't Republicans, for Pete's sake. Right. Because whatever they're, let's face it. Can I not define a Republican as a Democrat of 15 years ago, or maybe even 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Chris, is that not a fair description of your basic Republican? It's fair. I'd like to see anybody challenge it. I mean, we're no, we're no longer dealing with with homosexual mirage. We're, we're, now we're dealing with transgenderism in 10 years. If, if we continue this, it's going to be, okay, now, we're, now we're, we've, we've given up on that, and it's pedophilia. And I mean, That'll be the next and, fight. Right, and yeah, and we, we yeah. saw that coming for a long time. You said, oh, no, 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 this trans, yeah. and, and here we are. Yeah, know, so. yeah. L- losing battle after battle after battle. Why? Our delight is definitely not in the law of the Lord. In fact, in That's most why. cases that I, that I run into with a lot of my friends, the law of the Lord is the exact opposite, is a thing that they don't want me talking about at right, all, right. publicly speaking. Right. That's the last thing. So, and, and how many times have I heard from politicians who present themselves as Christians? Hey, Joel, we've got to be wise as serpents, harmless right. as doves. Mm-hmm. Hear that again and again. You know what they mean by wise as serpents, har- har- harmless as doves? What they mean is give up the law of the Lord, mm-hmm. which is our source of wisdom itself. Give that up first. And our source of safety. No, no doubt. No doubt. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It's the ungodly that are going to be driven away like the chaff. Why are we embracing ungodliness here? And this is why, of course, this ultimately comes back to the spiritual condition of man and the need for faithful men to proclaim the gospel and the lordship of Christ over every area of life. Because, I mean, I was thinking about this. I mean, this, again, the parallels are amazing. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, how this relates to the Old Testament, I mean, the people in Jeremiah's day, right, th- things were bad, right? The Babylonians coming, I mean, and they had already 
things people have been taken captive already. It was not yeah. just something. Okay, this this might happen in the future. They were in the midst of it, yeah. and we are in the midst of the downfall. I mean, the 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 walls are crumbling around us of mm -hmm. Western civilization. So we're in the midst of it, and you look back at Jeremiah, and and we can look back at that and be like, man, how did the people not realize that like this was their fault for their sin and accept God's judgment and turn from their sin and plead with God to bless their repentance. But we're doing the same thing today, Joel. Yeah. The, the, the left's evil agenda has not caused us to repent. What does it cause us to do? To double down on semi-socialist, statist, man-made attempts to be... We're not, at, what, at what point will we say the reason we're here is not because the Democrats took over, but because we've rejected God's law? You know, as, as we said last week, the, re, the Republican standard, I hate saying it, Grew up in a Republican household, all that stuff, credentials, blah, blah, blah. I hate saying it. But as I said, I think before, the Republican, the conservative, maybe I should say it that way, the conservative standard is what are the liberals doing. Mm -hmm. and, and whatever we're doing, it's less than that's our standard now. And no wonder we can have these type of meetings where we say, well, we're not them, so we must be okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but Paul said that. He said they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We're not them, so we're okay. Wait a minute. Let's compare ourselves to the eternal, unchanging Word of God. Now how are we stacking up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of the Word of God as our standard, I did want to mention here, I mean, it would be nice, and again, you know, people will say, well, no, th these Republican candidates or, or these certain ones, they're the ones that are going to, to solve this problem. Yeah. And again, I mean, we're talking about that because th that's how this movement is presenting it. And there's so many things that are just really burden my heart about this because one you have people that are thinking that go there and are there cheering and thinking this is what christianity is this is what the bible is and and it's not and then you have other people uh, you know i think uh, carter walker was there covering it and and their their impression is well is that what the bible teaches right and so you have all so you have all these people that's a thought right that you're presenting a false version of christianity both for the people that I believe there are, you know, Christians there, right? Mm -hmm. I believe, so you're, you're deceiving them, and then you're also presenting to the world uh, this false version, this false Christianity. There's one Christianity, there's one truth. So it, it's, it's disturbing on so many levels. But I wanted to talk about here about discernment. And I think you mentioned actually in your, I think you mentioned this in your guest editorial that's appearing in the Lancaster Patriot, where you talked about uh, that the king was to have a copy of the law. I don't know if you mentioned that directly or you, you gave that idea, but that Deuteronomy 17, 18, right? The king is to write out for himself a copy of the law. Mm -hmm. He is to study the law word of God and know it because that's how he is to govern. And again, right. it's just an another thing here that concerns me that, again, we can't separate the spiritual reality from the political realm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people want us to do. They want us to say, okay, you're right. You're right, Joel. You're right, Chris. You know, sin brings judgment. Um, but... That's over here, and we can use any methods we want and compromise and do anything in the name of politics to try to right. make up for that. Right. And it doesn't work that way. Right. And so to me, this is just another thing that, you know, and I know a lot of people haven't, don't like some of my, my critiques here of, of the uh, current candidates. But, you know, Julie Green was invited by the Mastriano campaign and received as a representative of God. Right by their campaign leader, and I, I can try to put a link in the description here if you want to see that. At the very least, at the very least, shouldn't that cause us to question the discernment 
of, of Senator Mastriano? I mean, at least to question it, and, and should we not just immediately say, oh, we can't question it that? It certainly is a fair question at a minimum, right? Yeah, Deuteronomy 17, 18. If you're going to govern according to God's law, can you not discern that what Julie Green is saying? And you didn't need to wait to reawaken America to hear that. I mean, you can go watch her, right. go to her, watch her videos, and it's the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. And it's, again, it just shows us that the focus here is not on the Word of God. It's on political posturing and maneuvering to defeat the left. And we're just blind the whole time to what actually got us here. And uh, I just would really like for some discernment, especially if you're going to claim to be Christian. I mean, to me, that's what makes it even worse, that you're, you're, you're presenting this as a biblical movement. And, you're, and some of these guys are presenting their campaigns with Bible verses. I, I'd rather you not do that if you're not going to actually look to the, to the law word of God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. Out on a limb here again, Chris, but I think I'm pretty safe. Pre think I'm a pretty solid limb here. You're not going to defeat the left by aping the left. I think I'm, I think I'm a pretty solid, so, solid ground there. Yeah. If your standard is, I mean, think about it. Our standard is actually the left, and we're going to defeat the left because we're not quite the left. Right. And we've talked a lot about that in a previous episode, and, and today we've tried to focus it on, okay, what is the message being presented at a Reawaken America tour or somewhere else? And I think very clearly, you know, we've only been able to play about five minutes. You know, I've watched a lot more, uh, and there may be some people in there that I missed that, I mean, if they were saying what we're saying, I'd like to, to hear that. So mm -hmm. some, tell me when they said that. But everything I heard... I'd welcome it. Yeah. yeah everything I heard was, you know, that... God's going to defeat those people over there, and you know, red, the red wave is coming, and nothing that comes close to biblical repentance. If we mm -hmm. had biblical repentance, we'd have the, the words of Josiah. We've sinned. You know, we, we've done this. We've, the shame is on us, as Daniel said, right? We, we'd have that. We don't have that. So, as we, as we near to a close here, uh, Joel, the last point I want to talk about is um, the the path forward, and I had one more quote here from someone. This was from um, Malcolm, Malcolm Muggeridge, who, who died in 1990. So again, this is the, you know, years ago, people looking around, as we quoted some other guys, seeing the fall of Western civilization, right, seeing the reality around them, not trying to pat themselves on the back and say, well, we just, another thing that I didn't play the clip, but when Julie Green spoke at the, uh, the Mastriano event, I think it was in March or April, I think March, the person who introduced her said, you know, I receive you as a representative of God. And it was kind of the same thing that Clay Clark said, where it's like a mm -hmm. just someone, and you mentioned this, that, you know, I just came across this person and I started listening. And, and again, my discernment flags go way up. If you, yeah. if you start listening to her multiple times, wouldn't you see these errors if you're a student of Scripture? But yeah. what, he, what he said was... Um, we believe in the power of prayer. Okay, yes. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I don't know if you want to comment on that before I, before I do. Oh, that, that, that seriously worried me. Right. Like, like prayer is a talisman. Right. That, that concern, hey, you got to pray, right? It's not the prayer. Mm -hmm. It's the object of the prayer right. is, is what that is. I, I, do, we, do we think? Do we think that if we disobey God, spit on his law, mm -hmm. abandon his word, but prayer, prayer is somehow going to fix it. 
How are you different from, from the mutterings, from the, uh, uh, from the re- repeated uh, prayers that you don't even think about anymore that people sometimes do? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the prayer that's going to do it. We'll just keep praying. Mm-hmm. Well, who are you praying to? Right. And let's understand this. And I don't even know if this is a, even a factor in his thinking. But God has said on multiple occasions, for example, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Right. He said in Jeremiah, don't even pray for these people. I'm not even listening. Right. Well, I have another passage. This one often comes Proverbs 28, 9. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And I remember an evangelist uh, saying one time, and, and I've experienced this too, and talking to people out on the streets or wherever, people, people have no problem praying. Right. right. They have no, there's no problem praying. Right. Ask that person, okay, when was the last time you were in the Scripture? Right. When was the last time you studied God, God's law and applied it to your life? And they'll say, oh, well, I, I should do that more often. But I pray every day. Like, that is, the, the Bible says, if you, don't, if you turn your ear from hearing the law, your prayer is an abomination. So that did stick out to me. Again, that, that, was, that was the campaign leader for, for Master John's campaign, or at least one of the guys up there. And, yeah, the power, we believe in the power of prayer. But also, you know, what's the content of the mm-hmm. prayer? So it's, there's so much that, that's concerning here. Um, and when we look at what's happening around us, this shallow Christianity has gotten us here, and, and people aren't, aren't turning from that. So we have, we have these people, Billy Green, Bo Polney, right? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's, you know, Clay Clark seems right on board with what they're doing. I have, hard, I have a hard way to, to disagree with that. I mean, he's endorsing them. You know, so the whole movement is around this idea of the enemy's going down and Donald Trump is God's son and we are, you know, we're about to be blessed. I don't know how we got off that because I was going to talk about Malcolm Muggeridge, who when he, when he was in the 1990s, he died in 1990, he looked around, he saw the, you know, the, the, falling, the fall of the civilization happening. He said this, and I want to read this and have us interact with it as our kind of our final main point here. He said, let us then as Christians rejoice that we see around us on every hand the decay of the institutions and instruments of power, see intimations of empires falling to pieces, money in total disarray, dictators and parliamentarians alike nonplussed by the confusion and conflicts which encompass them. For it is precisely when every earthly hope has been explored and found wanting, when every possibility of help from earthly sources has been sought and is not forthcoming, when every recourse the world offers, moral as well as material, has been explored to no effect, when, the shiver, when in the shivering cold the last twig has been thrown onto the fire and in the gathering darkness every glimmer of light has finally flickered out, it is then that Christ's hand reaches out sure and firm. And I want to talk about that, Joel, because I think if we look at his quote here, where we're at in that picture is we haven't gotten to that point yet. We're still trying to hang on to a man-made effort. We're still trying to hang on to to humanistic politics, right? We haven't exhausted the... Po- I mean, we should realize they're all, you know, vain and, and, and there's no hope in them, but we haven't yet. As a people, we've said, no, we're going to hang on to these humanistic politics, humanistic philosophy, and we're going to keep trying. And I think, tell me if you agree with me here, but I mean, my hope would be that sooner rather than later, we would see the futility of trying to do something other than repent and follow God's law word. And so I just want you to interact with that because people say, well, what do you guys want, you know, the Democrats to take over? And, and th- well, you know what? I want us to be faithful to God. And in God's timing, if it takes, what, what is it going to take 
to get us to say, no more, no more man-made methods, no more fleeing to Egypt, no more leaning on the broken reed. I don't know what that is, but it seems like we're not there yet. I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you. Okay. Um, sooner rather than later, no, now, today. Okay. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. We, there's no benefit to, for another minute right. of not falling on our knees nationally in, in, in repentance for, the, for what we've done we, we've turned our back on God as law. We've told him to get lost. We've murdered his favorite creation, which is people. Right. And we, we, we've done all this. I, I want to talk. I know we're I'm wrapping up here real quickly. Uh, just, just a quick passage. Um, Baal worship, because I, I want to talk about the uh, opposing the left and kind of bring it maybe, you know, we kind of open with this. Anybody who opposes the left must be our friend, must be good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this um, general, uh, his name was Jehu, and um, Baal worship was a horrible thing in Israel. Ahab and his ghastly wife Jezebel were prophet murderers. They were murderous people, and they worshipped a murderous god, Baal. Now, what happens is a prophet comes along and he anoints a, 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 a captain, a general, if you will. His name is Jehu, and his job is to wipe out Baal worship in Israel, and he does. He's, he's a very interesting... Yeah, he, he's, he's one of my all-time... Yeah. Fa- like, like, there's, there's a study. The guy was quite a warrior. He right. was a killer, is, is what he was. He was extremely effective in his, mm-hmm. in his job. He personally wipes out Baal worship in Israel. He's our guy, right? Because we should all be against Baal worship. That's our man. But listen... Thus, this is from 2 Kings 10, 28. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Yay, we're happy about this. He's our guy. Next verse. Howbeit from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel a sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes and has done, done what I said, good for you. Next verse. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart, for he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam. Mm. Yeah, you're against Baal worship. Hooray. You got the wrong standard. Right. Your standard should have been the law of God. Instead, your standard was, I'm not a Baal worship anymore, so I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm okay. I'm not a Democrat. I guess I'm okay. Wow, that's powerful. That's a powerful application there from that, because you're right. What, what, is, what is our standard going to be? And, uh, you know, you and I both have great hope. You know, I think Clay Clark, he said, where's the hope, right? Well, we have great hope, and it's in the pages of Scripture, because God has promised that he will bless the spread of his gospel. But the means that he has chosen to do that is the faithful proclamation of his word, and then repentance and a turning back to him. And so there is hope, right? And we have hope. And we have, you know, great hope that this earth will be, you know, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the, the earth as waters cover the sea. But it does not mean that we can expect blessings then by co-opting the glorious name of Christ and using it for a political stunt. And that's, the, that's, that's my, my plea and my warning and my, uh, frankly, rebuke to, to those that are, that especially are leading this movement, that you, will, you are bringing more judgment on our nation. More judgment. And, and please stop and repent uh, of, of especially using God's word for a political prop. Right? 
it's bad enough for you to be promoting, you know, these humanistic, semi-socialist policies, but don't claim that you're following God's word, and because that will only bring us more judgment. Well, we've covered a lot. I hope that, you know, I certainly wouldn't expect everybody to necessarily uh, agree with everything. I hope that they would take what we said, compare it with Scripture. I did try to read a little more Scripture this time than usual. I want people to go and look at Jeremiah, look at Daniel, look at Nehemiah, look at Micaiah, these, these, these prophets, these men of God who, who proclaimed repentance, and compare that to Julie Green and Bo Polney. And if you can't see the difference... Right then, go back and read the scripture again, and keep comparing it because that's the standard. So, I mean, those th- that would be probably the main thing I would want people to to think about is is this movement represented by these speakers? And again, if you have someone else, show me. But pe- not. But some people say, well, I don't say that. But you in- invite and endorse these people, and that movement is actually bringing more judgment on us. Um, so, anything else you want to say, Joel, as it relates to, to, to Reawaken America, the, this movement, and across the board, really, throughout America, claiming, whether it's Christian nationalism, whether it's you know, claiming that God is on our side, that Donald Trump is God's anointed and appointed, um, yeah, maybe to bring judgment, I could, I could agree with that, but certainly not to rule according to his law word. So... Anything else you want to say about this whole movement and idea that's taking God's word in the name of Christ and really co-opting it for political ends? You know, I'm thinking of Romans, uh, a well-known verse, Romans 8, 28. Therefore, all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. We get that exactly mixed up. It's our job, according to that verse, to love God. It's his job to work everything out for good. Well, I think what's happened now to the Christian community, especially when it comes to the political sphere, it's our job to work everything together for good and his job to love us. us, Wow. You're right. Yeah. We we, we have to figure it out. If if coming out boldly against sodomy is not going to, uh, you know, make, get our political ends, then we got to, we got, you know, tone that down a bit. Instead of, instead of loving God by telling the truth to ourselves and to our neighbor, we say, well, I'm going to try to work all these things out and then expect God to, to bless me. And it's not going to work. It hasn't worked, and it's not going to work. And as you mentioned, now is the time to turn from that sin. So, Joel, thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having me. I hope that uh, this was informative. I know it's, it's again, a lot of the stuff uh, we do here doesn't necessarily make us friends uh, with certain people, but that's not why we're doing it. Um, we're doing it because... This is the truth. This is God's word. And scripture is very clear that if you rebuke or correct the wise or the righteous, they'll receive it. And so that's another thing I just want to say here at the end, Joel, and maybe give you one more chance to comment. You know, people say, well, why, you know, why don't you write more or speak more against the Democrats? Right? Well, I think maybe I'm still holding out hope that the conservative movement, there's enough people in there that do believe the Bible and will receive the correction from the Word of God. And to me, I have, you know, I guess that's a sense there's, there's more respect uh, that I have for that movement. I don't know. Maybe they won't hear it. But that's why the focus is on these, the movement that is claiming the name of Christ and is rightly opposed to some things. And so if, we, if all we do, if all Jeremiah did was preach against the Babylonians, well, that's not solving the problem. 
preach to the, to the people who have invited the judgment. I'll give you one more final word. Yeah, um, let's let's go to the conservatives uh, first of all. What are they conserving? And, and you know, the Democrats. I, I don't know if we can even talk to them at all. Uh, Paul tried to speak, uh, for example, to the philosophers, the hotshots on mm-hmm. Mars Hill, and they just they just threw them out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do have some hope that the conservatives will actually, if they claim the word of God, right. will hear the word of God. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the one prophet that told the truth. <laughs> Really, really short message. Jonah, the only prophet that Christ actually compared himself to. Mm. And it wasn't a winsome message. You know, he wasn't out there making friends and so forth. He was just telling them the truth. And they responded to the truth. Chris, anything less than the truth, and they wouldn't have responded. We are responsible to tell the truth. We have the scriptures. Forever, O Lord, God's word is settled in heaven. It's actually true. We need to proclaim that. But it's the very thing we're told is the problem. We're being told that proclaiming the scriptures is the problem. That, that, that's the word today. And that is a severe indictment on our nation. And we will not escape judgment unless we, we turn from that. So thank you for listening. Uh, again, go to LancasterPatriot.com for more. Subscribe to our newspaper. Check out we have articles online as well, both news and perspectives, editorials, commentary. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. We try to address issues mainly happening in Lancaster County. A lot of times it spills over, but again, this event was in Lancaster County. And uh, to learn more about Joel and uh, Independence Reform Bible Church, people can go to irbc.church to learn more. Until next time, I hope you continue watching. God bless and Godspeed. Godspeed.